Hello, and welcome to Recruitment in the Modern World. I'm Shara Beckley. In our previous episode, we focused on some big picture aspects of presentations. Now, in this episode, we consider some more detailed aspects of the craft of presentations. To discuss this, I am pleased to have back with me Anthony Haynes, Communications Director of FJ Wilson Talent Services. Welcome, Anthony. Thank you, Shara. Great. And again, diving right in, when we were planning this episode, we decided in order to keep it to a reasonable length, we'd limit it to three main points. And if you joined in or tuned into our previous episode, you know we call them the bronze, silver, and gold. So Anthony, starting us off with the bronze, what's the bronze point? The bronze point refers to the way in which people present slides of complex visual material. Let's take as an example a line graph with several different lines on it, perhaps different color lines. Mm-hmm. So someone who wants to present that kind of graph, what, what do they do? Well, typically what they do is something like this. They say, well, as you can see, <laughs> and then they whack up one slide <laughs> with the graph in its entirety, it's always different curves, and hope that the audience are going to make sense of it. And Often, I find myself looking at it and thinking, hmm, wow, looks a bit like the map of the New York subway to me. Yep. Um, certainly, my mind drifts off everywhere else except the slide on the screen. So what's the better way of doing it? The better way is to break it down and start by showing a slide where it simply has the axes of the graph with the labels on the axes, and it doesn't have any data. So it's a blank graph. And it's worth saying something about the labels, that often the software, graphical software, produces labels in very small font. And that's not going to work for a presentation. So you often need to kind of um, edit it to to make the font large enough to be easily legible. That's a really good point. Often easily missed. Well, I think the key point there is it sounds so obvious. Mm. You kind of think it doesn't need saying, but it does, which is if they're not clear what's on the axes, and not going to understand the graph. This is so true. <laughs> uh, and, and so once we've got the axes sorted, what's next? Well, then build it up bit by bit. So you can add one line at a time, or you know, perhaps a couple of lines, depending how complicated they are. And this actually has two benefits. The first benefit is people can take it in bit by bit, so they understand it. And the second benefit is they almost automatically start to predict what the next slide, the next line is going to look like. And this is particularly useful where perhaps there's a bit of a surprise. Perhaps one of the lines you put on the, or one of the curves you put on your line graph, perhaps it doesn't go in the direction people are expecting. And then you get a sort of, ah, that's interesting. Um, so you have a dialogue between what's going on in the reader's head in terms of anticipation mm. and what you're, what you're showing as a presenter. And when you get that sort of dialogue going on, then you get real engagement. And, and, and it's really taking the audience along with you on that journey. So that's our bronze. What's the silver then? The silver point is that when you are uh, presenting this kind of visual material, let's say, for instance, a table of data, hmm. avoid talking through it. So very often people will say, no, we've got a table showing so and so, and they just carry on talking. Yes. Oh, this is really unfair to the audience. It's over-demanding. 
basically, you're saying to the audience, you need to listen to me and you need to make sense of what I'm showing you at the same time. Mm. And so most people will give up and they'll do one of two things. Some of the audience will think, oh, I don't know what was in the table, but I'll listen to her instead. Mm. Well, that's bad because they're not interacting with your graphic. Mm-hmm. And the other part of the audience will think, well, I'm not going to phase, turn her off for a while and I'm going to just look at the graph, well, the table. Well, that's bad as well because they're not listening to what you say. Mm-hmm. So either way, that's a bad outcome. Right. It's just too distracting. So do you need to be quiet? Yep. That's the solution. The solution right. is to say something like, um, now let me just give you a few moments to look at the table and then stop talking. Which, if you haven't done before, the first time it takes a bit of nerve to do it, <laughs> and it will feel the pause, the, the, the silence will feel much longer than it actually is. But it gives people a chance to then take it in, and then mm. you can talk about it. And incidentally, when you resume your commentary, when you start talking about it again, remember some people in the room may well be visually impaired, and mm. maybe they can't take in the graphic, in which case, you need to articulate, don't you? You need to say yeah. something like, so the gist of this graph is it's illustrative, this flow diagram or whatever there is, it's showing this and then put it into words. It's a combination of the two. It's it's giving that space yep. for people to take it in. Yep. And then it's also coming back and giving an overview of the main key points, but at least you have given the audience that time to soak it all up. And then yep. once you begin speaking again, they're tuned into you. Yeah, indeed. Alrighty. So what's your final and gold point? Uh, it's a very straightforward point, which is when you're presenting slides, look forward at the audience and avoid looking backwards at the slide, mm. uh, you know, the screen behind you. So yeah. um, when you're about to begin your presentation, just beforehand, look backwards and just check that the projector's working and also that it's linked up to the computer. And once you've done that, you don't need to look back again. Um, If you want to remind yourself what the audience are looking at, what slide they're looking at, you can use your computer monitor for that. Mm -hmm. So if if you keep looking backwards, several problems occur, okay? The first is you are literally marginalizing yourself from your presentation. People typically go and stand in the side of a room and they sort of furtively glance behind them. And it's as if Bill Gates of Microsoft PowerPoint has taken over your presentation. (laughs) But it's actually worse than that. Because you're not looking at the audience, they can't see your facial expression. Mm. And facial expressions are a very important part of how the audience makes sense of what you're saying. In particular, especially people a bit hard of hearing, Mm. a lot of people rely on at least some element of lip reading. So therefore, they need to be able to see your face. And then it's even worse than that because what's the number one communication channel for human beings to communicate with each other? It's eye contact. Yeah. And when you're looking at the audience, if, if you're looking backwards at the slide, there is no eye contact. When you're looking at the audience, they can see your eyes, which will be expressive. So it adds to their kind of the sense of the presentation. But it also helps you to get a sense of what the audience is thinking. And you can look at the audience and think, I don't think I understood that point. I think I might have to go through that and present it in some other way. Or 
Huh. I wasn't expecting them to look so interested. They look really interested at that point. Maybe I'll say a few more things about it. So you can actually adjust your script in response to the feedback through eye contact. So the, the moral is only amateurs look backwards at the screen and professional presenters face the audience. Excellent. Uh, thank you, Anthony, <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to end us on that note. Um, just to sum up, we've got our bronze, silver, and gold points from you. Bronze, it's all around when dealing with sort of complex visual information on your slides. You need to build up, take your audience on that journey with you. Yeah. It's from point A to the end result of what you want them to take away from it. We use the example of a really complex graph. Indeed. You know, have a couple slides of starting with the axis, clearly labeled and um, able to read, not too small font there. And then the second and your silver point is all about, we can initially say uncomfortable pause, but crucial pause to give the audience some time to soak it all in for themselves. So they're not distracted by, you know, you speaking over use the example of a table with lots of information and them trying to read the table pause for a moment so they can soak it up yes and then you can speak to it yes indeed and then the final and gold point probably my favorite um <laughs> maintaining engagement with the audience so it's that eye contact can't get away from it yep don't look back and don't be amateur indeed well, thank you, Anthony. Once again, I think you've given us some very practical and tangible advice here. Just to finish off, you are Communications Director of SJ Wilson Talent Services. Yes. What is the company's offer in the area of talent acquisition? We help clients fill roles, vacant roles, and they are typically from mid-level roles up to senior levels. So a lot of the roles we fulfill, the role titles are things like head of something or director of something. And our core market comprises three types of organization. There are membership bodies, professional associations, and learning providers. And where can listeners go to find out more? I think the easiest first port of call is our website, which has a very simple URL which is fjwilson.com. And uh, on the website, incidentally, you can find our phone number. We're very happy for people to use good old-fashioned telephone. It's a very humane way of, of communicating. Fun. Um, thank you very much, Anthony. And thank you to our listeners. And please join us for our next episode of Recruitment in the Modern World focus this time on how to research an employer where we'll be talking again to Fiona Wilson 